Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to Baseball Barbacast, the only baseball podcast in the world that has just one host at a time. I'm Jake Mintz, and I'm not joined by Jordan Schusterman, who is still on his honeymoon. He will be back on Wednesday. Now, if you like our show and you're like, enough of this high concept bullshit where it's not just the two of you guys talking about baseball, well, I have bad news because we're going to do one more of those before Jordan gets back from the Caribbean on Wednesday. And when that happens, we will talk all about the latest news in the baseball world, the Mitch Hanniger, robbie Ray trade. We'll talk about Teoscar Hernandez going to the Dodgers, Harrison Bader and Sean Manaya going to the Mets. And the closing window for Shota Imanaga, who has to sign by the end of the week. But today's show is going to be slightly different. I'm currently in Los Angeles, California, a small town uh, in southwestern United States. With my friend, a uh, good friend of the show, Pedro Mora, our favorite former baseball writer. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the 2023 season through the eyes of someone who did not watch it. Um, Pedro, we had Pedro on in May uh, to discuss what I think we did. It was basically an exit interview mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with you uh, after a decade of ball writing. And so I'm at Pedro's house here in Los Angeles and figured it would be a good time to check back in. Before we do that, remember, you can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. We hope everybody enjoyed our interview with Vanderbilt University coach Tim Corbin that we posted on Friday. And of course, our very fun uh, New Year's podcast in which we interviewed Pedro Electus, a cycling podcaster who had never seen a baseball game before in his life. You watch it with him? We sent him the full clip of a full game. He watched the entire game, wrote down all of his questions. And we helped answer them. Um, the best. Yeah, what's a sample question? Yeah. Oh, uh, it was like, what are the white bags for? <laughs> the white squares for. The best moment of that was when he described Felix Bautista's fastball as ooh la la. That was high, those were high numbers. So even he could tell <laughs> that he was trucking heat. But enough <laughs> of that. We're here with Pedro Mora. Hello, Pedro. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, Pedro. Before we get into how you took in the 2023 baseball season, can you just remind people uh, your your bonafide your former bonafides? Yeah, I was a the the kid obsessed with baseball as a child. <clears throat> um, pursued it in high school and college, uh, writing about it, not playing it. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I, I pursued playing it as far as I could, um, but you don't have to remind me that it wasn't just saying it wasn't very long. Um, yeah, I was a, I was 
for me, baseball was always a statistical based love. It was the idea that I could understand it. I could catch up. You know, I was this, the child of immigrant parents and I didn't understand much about American culture, but baseball seemed to offer me when I was like nine, 10, it, it seemed clear to me that if I, I could understand this, if I just studied it and I could then have a grasp on this like quintessential American thing. And I pursued that for the, you know, a lot, a lot for a long time. And uh, that led to a job at the Orange County Register as a backup baseball writer, then as the Angels beat writer for the LA Times, and then as the Dodgers beat writer for the Athletic, and then as the National Baseball writer for Fox Sports. And then, yeah, um, uh, a little more than a year ago, I had made the decision to kind of uh, fade out. And, um, and then I left at the end of April. And um, now I'm here. Who won the World Series? The Texas Rangers. All right. Pedro, no. thank you so much for coming on. It was really a pleasure. <laughs> That's all we need to talk about. Um, do you know who the MVPs were? Uh, when you say MVPs, what do you mean? There's one in the American League and there's one in the National League. Oh, uh, Corey Seager was the MVP, I believe. I have no idea who was the MVP in the other league. <laughs> that, is, uh, that, is, that is wrong. Uh, Shohei Otani. Oh, I thought you were talking about like in the playoffs. Oh, in the playoffs. No, 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 no. The, oh, the oh. Regular season MVPs. Um, yeah. Shohei Otani. I, I knew that. Yeah. Honest. Um, mm, no, I don't know. Yeah. NL? No. So I just wanted to establish for people that you really did not take in the 2023 season. You were working technically for the first month of it. Yeah. I know what happened in the first month fairly well. And then, you know, if it was a really big deal. It related to the Dodgers in a massive way. It came up generally in like conversations with people. It was hard. It, it's not like I don't right. know anything that happened. Like, you know that Clayton Kershaw did not exactly end his season uh, yes. in shining fashion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, although I, I know that from like my friends who are in the industry, not necessarily from like from people in Los Angeles just talking about it. But like the fact that right. o- Otani signed with the Dodgers was unignorable. You know, that was not, that's not, I don't know that because I used to work in the industry. That just, that just right. sort of happened. You're a, you're a citizen of Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you stepped away, I remember talking with you about uh, wh- how you thought baseball was going to remain, like the extent to which baseball was going to remain a part of your life. Uh, and it seems to me that it was not really this year. How much baseball did you consume? Did you watch? Uh, let's just say how much live baseball did you watch this year? Probably like 12 pitches. <laughs> M- max 20. <laughs> but I saw plenty of like I, I saw plenty of baseball reference pages. You know, I, I yeah. Interesting. I so still you- it's still my it still what's always been my in uh, into baseball is just the idea that you know, you spend five minutes browsing on 40 different pages and you have some grasp of like, you know, the, the people you're invested in, like how they're doing. So you spent more time on baseball reference than you did watching baseball games. Without, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. Easily. By and an order of 10. It was yeah. more just checking in on how people were doing because you can't turn on a Dodgers game and immediately know how good Chris Taylor is this year. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But it also it it also matters that the baseball games are during the time that other people are free and want to hang out. You know, they're in the evenings, and so it's like there's just not that much of a desire for me to be watching it. Tel- like that was kind of one of the reasons I decided to leave the industry was I didn't want to be busy at seven thirty on a on a Wednesday. I was going to ask. So yeah. let's talk about your evenings. Yeah. Did having your evenings free, which was a departure from the rest of your summers as an adult we'll mm-hmm. say 
through the baseball season. Did that make you a happier person? Um, it was. It's been a good year for me. I don't. You know, quantifiably, did it make me happier? I don't know. I mean, you know, I. I there were definitely some benefits. There were also some some downsides from you know feeling. You know, I'm pursuing a few different things, but I haven't uh, gone 100 percent down any any secondary path. And it's you know, there's a there's an element of aimlessness that that you feel. I think you know you know in in America, if you're not a if you don't have a career path that you're you're immediately on, and so that that contributed mm-hmm. to some anxiety about it. But I anticipated that to some extent. So I I don't know, like they're they're kind of warring forces. I don't know which one out. Like I enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed not having to um, uh, worry about things that I stopped caring about. So it, I understand that that's um, that that almost everyone has to do that professionally. Um, but I, um, I think that sports are better left to the people who do care. I think the point is to is to have real investment from the from everyone involved. And I just came to lack that over time. I still have a little bit of it for the, you know, for the statistics, as I was saying, but I don't have the, um, I no longer really care about the, like the pitch sequencing and, and whatnot. So I, whereas yeah. like that is the, the, the fuel that keeps me moving every day for sure. And I don't think that that's a good thing or a bad thing in either way. Like, wait, well, okay. So then what baseball did you take in? Like, did, did you, when you were going through those baseball reference pages every once in a while, did you enjoy that experience? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting to check check in and like have an expectation and then have it be, you know, uh, changed in some way pretty dramatically sometimes from 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 what you expected. What, you know, my typical experience would be that I was reading Sam Miller's newsletter and then he mentioned so, uh, some player and it sounded like that player was maybe doing something different than I expected and then mm. I would go to his website. Um, I pretty much read. 80 percent of my baseball writing was sam's newsletter and so i just he shaped what i followed and i liked it that way and i'll probably that's my plan for 2024 as well oh really mm-hmm. nice was, was there anything that particularly surprised you that stood out mike trout kind of uh fading yeah and, and uh, aging was was probably the the uh, the biggest thing, you know, at the I think at the start of the season, I think I still picked him as the, my MVP, um, which was the first time, I, you know, I was really wrong about Mike Trout in, in a negative capacity. You know, he'd been hurt the past few years, but like this was the first time he was actually just not that good. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, he was still really good, but he but he still hurt. But he played like 80 games and he yeah. was like he had like a 130 or whatever, not yeah. like a 170. He was solid. He was solid, but he was not, you know, he, he was an all star. He wasn't a god. Yeah. And it's it's strange, you know, for having spent the last 10 years in a world where he was a god it's you know it's it's, a, it's an close, adjustment close proximity yeah very close well. mm-hmm. and trying to you know so much of my job for a few years there was literally just processing how this happened um like how he this seemingly normal man became a god. very normal man. yeah became a god so it's 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 you know i've spent so many hours thinking and analyzing and asking people about that and so for it to, to for it to be over or potentially over or over for now is is strange and it is it, it's disappointing because the the reason why it is over for now is uninteresting because he's older and it's so normal bodies. it's like it's so basic i yeah i wish it was a little bit more like um 
some strange cause. Like he or, got addicted yeah. to like uh, like soda. Sure. You know, I like mean, he just started drinking pop. And like, I don't know about started. I feel like he uh, it, big yeah. soda boy. I think he might drink some soda. Yeah. But like really started drinking soda. Yeah. And yeah. like that threw his career down. And but instead, it's just or anything. Just like what if he just ate too much Panda Express before the games and he and he was right. and he was fatigued from too much orange chicken? Yeah. I mean, there could be all kinds of causes. Or he went on vacation and like had a moment where like you maybe where he was like I don't need this anymore and yeah. he like just walked away at the peak of his powers. That would be interesting. But instead, I guess it's, what I would say is we don't know that that's not the case. I think we, I think we, I think are you certain? Of, I'm not certain. And maybe this, I can, you know, do this job this year and, and ask around <laughs> about Mike Trout and Panda Express, but no free ads. Um, I just think that he's too injured and too old or not too old, but he's getting older and that is life, right? Such is life. Yeah. Um, but you're right because the, 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 we assume aging, but you know it could be something else. I'm not 100 percent confident, yeah. and I don't think you should be either. Yeah. But I, it seems that it way. Seems, yes. It certainly smells. It yeah. Certainly smells like aging. So one of the other major stories uh, of the season was Corey Seager, a person who you spent a lot of time around during mm-hmm. your uh, your years as a, a writer covering the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Corey Seager, who uh, joined the Texas Rangers and then became, uh, you know, this really the story of October this year for the second time in his career. Uh, and Corey Seager re-emerging on a national stage and being the guy. Like when he, in 2020, he was one of the Dodgers, right? And he was probably the Dodger with the best postseason run. Yeah, that that's year. how I remember it, yeah. But I don't, he was a, a major character on that team. For the Rangers, he was like the guy. Your time covering Corey Seager, the person, um, I'm curious what your takeaways were from that, because he with his reemergence on the national stage, there were the um, the jokes that came along with that about how he is, you know, comically bland. Do you get the sense that he is purposefully bland, that there is a second level beneath Corey Seager, that he is hiding from the rest of us? Or are we just getting uh, unadulterated, genuine boringness? Um, I think he is both bland, but purposely more bland to the public than he actually is what a what a lovely combo yeah i think he um does not see the benefit in um opening himself up to the general public that includes reporters because he correctly sees you know reporters as a conduit to the general public uh it's frustrating it was frustrating from a reporter's perspective to 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 witness that to to be around that um you know uh cory found a lot of ways to get out of interviews with me um were some some calling over people when we were in an interview to to <laughs> interrupt the interview for example and then be like oh i gotta go um like, but, hey. but but smile and, and be nice through it and just be like okay yeah uh, all right uh like call a trainer over You're yeah like, i mean yeah, i remember okay. he did this once with tommy lasorda um tommy walked into the room and uh, and he was we were far away from him but he uh yeah Corey wanted him to come over and he did yeah and then you were done yeah, and he's like, oh, I'll find you again later. And then, it, and I, had to, did, and then I had to run the story. He yeah. did do that. So, you know, it was never like, um, you know, he was never mean. Rude. Never confrontational. No, no, not at all. But uh, just like, oh, I don't have to do this, you know. And um, I I don't have a convincing, you know, argument to the contrary. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is he right? Because Corey Seager's sure. life seems to be what Corey Seager wants his life to be. My guess would be, or yeah, I mean, he he uh, certainly seems by any conventional measure to be successful. I don't think there's any disputing that. Um, I, I don't know 
um, how happy he is, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it did not, it did not always seem like he was having the most joy around. You know, there would he would not be in the top third of my joy rankings among major leaguers that I covered. But I don't know. You, you can't judge that from the outside. I did ask. I can't remember who I asked. It's when this, this postseason. I asked someone if they uh, teammate if they thought Corey Seager was having fun. Yeah, and they said, yeah, I think this is how he has fun. Very possible. And and I. I understand that, but I would never want that to be my life. Like, I would never want the the joy of the thing to be like grinding through the process and never celebrating it. He he did have a moment. I don't know if you saw this. He did have a moment of very brief glee uh, and personality peeked through during the Rangers parade. Oh, yeah. You like um, curse on stage? No, absolutely not. No, no. He, he would never. Uh, when the when the Astros won the division, uh, which they did. Spoilers okay. over the Rangers by a, a game, I believe, or they tied. And in the end, Alex Bregman in the celebration said, had a speech where he said, uh, people were asking what would happen if the Astros won the, if the Astros didn't win the division, I guess we'll never know. And then he popped the champagne, which is like a fine, it's a fine, sharp. And then Seeger said that the parade, people asked what would happen if the Rangers ever won the World Series. I'll guess we'll never know. So he was clearly like, Poking fun at Bregman, yeah, which yeah. I would say <clears throat> you would know more than me, qualifies as a very spicy Corey Seager thing to say in public. Yeah, sure. Relatively. That's one of those things that I'm like, I'm happy to be not around is like these, the 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 degree of ball player, <laughs> like everything that a, that a player says being made to be so much more interesting and compelling than it actually is. You know, like the, yeah. it's just not, it's like, it's a very boring sequence of events, truly. Like, no, but, I agree. but because they're prominent people, we have to treat it as some sort of, you know, there's like, all these, I'm sure it was like a subject of, yeah, commentary on television. And I, yeah, just, I just can't yeah. imagine really caring about that too much. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is interesting, like the threshold for which, like, they're, they're considered amazing, like spicy remarks. You know, I remember, yeah. <laughs> the bar is the floor. There, there was like this guy, Hector Neris. Um, is that, is that right? Yeah. And he, like, um, really, he, like, did something to the, he, like, made some sort of remark to the Dodgers, like some sort of mild thing. And then, like, Max Muncie was like very upset about it and he said something like, I don't, I don't, I don't even remember. I'm glad, I'm kind of glad I don't remember, but basically all the chirps I've ever covered, like they're, they've never been, they've never actually been interesting. Um, you know, like get it out of the ocean is like. Solid. Like, is, Solid. Is it? I don't know. I mean, you hit a ball in the, in the water, not even really an ocean and you say, and, and the player's bay. upset it's about it. Bay. Yeah. And you say, get it out of the ocean. Like what, what's, what's, is that creative? If you had said, get it out of the bay, would you feel differently? I'd probably like it slightly more. I'm a literalist. Yeah. You know, probably, yeah, slightly more. It's not terrible. It's just like, what? it's not a notable comment. What's the spiciest baseball thing that you can remember from your time? Like a thing that, because Jordan and I talk about this, right? There's like multiple levels of, of baseball um, commentary from players where like there's not funny players, there's funny for baseball, and then there's like genuinely funny and entertaining people who happen to be baseball players. And I would say, yeah, that's a relatively short list. Like, I think Joey Votto is funny and interesting as a human being who happens to play baseball. But are there any like spicy remarks that you can remember where you're like, oh wow, like that was actually genuinely disrespectful? <laughs> like, disrespectful? I don't know. I've heard some players say some very funny things that I have not been able to, you know, that were off the record in some capacity yeah. or another. Yeah. I heard Kike Hernandez say some things that really made me laugh um, a couple times. <laughs> like, yeah hilarious things that i still think about to this day okay. um there are some guys that are funny i think the problem is when they're fun you know joey Votto seems like a funny man but like he's not the you know he's not the he, he's in this room where 
he's you know dramatically funnier than all the other dudes and so he's come to realize he's he he sees himself as like this this comedian and i don't know that it rises to that level Mm. so right it is a it is a a small pond yeah where you can be a medium-sized fish yeah that makes sense I'll think of I, 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 nothing comes to mind as like something that I remember verbatim, but there, yeah. there are some that every once in a while I'll just be living and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was funny when this player said that. <laughs> you just be living. Yep. And it'll come to your mind. Uh, another topic I want to talk to you about is Shohei Otani, who you mentioned uh, that crossed into your mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. that crossed over. Uh, I'll start very simply. To what extent has Shohei Otani signing with the Dodgers been like felt in L.A. as a normal human being? Um, as someone who like let's just say you've never covered baseball i would say more than any other um thing that has happened to the dodgers since i've lived in los angeles Mm. with the possible exception no not even of the of the 2020 world series but that was because that was still the pandemic era where people were not associating with others quite as much so i would say in my in my what is it 12 years of living no more if you count college 10 to 15 years of living in los angeles there's never been something that has been talked about quite as much no Really? Yeah. Why? Why do you think that is? I think that $700 million makes people, you know, um, alarmed, uh, excited. Um, alarmed. Cons- just, it, gets, Confused. It, it gets the people going. It does. Know? When yeah. I was in Australia uh, on this, where I just was on this trek with Australians, and they asked me what I did, and I explained what I did, and they knew, like, literally they knew nothing yeah, about baseball. But they heard about Otani. And they had heard about this American sports guy who was Japanese. Um, making seven hundred million dollars. That yeah. that does it does get the people going, even though it is not really seven hundred. Yeah, million I tried dollars. explaining it to one person, and then I gave up on the whole like deferred money thing. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty easy. No, it's just they just you didn't really, care. They you, did, no, I I can. It wasn't that I didn't successfully explain mm. it. It was just that it's still it's still seven hundred million dollars, and so it's just okay. Yeah, mm. which I think is the point of the contract. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's smart from their perspective, from the team's perspective. They're like, well, we can give you. $450 million and everyone will think it's $700 million. No, it's it's uh, genius, really. Yeah, if you can get away with it. And it, it feels like they have. Uh, do you? Th- what do you think the impact will be on the Los Angeles Dodgers moving forward? Him being on the team. Like, I know that's a very vague... I think they'll probably win more games. Okay. Um, do you think... So, it, it appears that there are really two reasons for signing, signing Otani. One is so that they can win more games. And the other is that they kind of... I get the sense that they want to Yankeeify themselves on a global stage where they want people wearing Dodgers hats around the world in the same way that like you can go to Thailand and you'll just like see someone wearing a Yankees hat and they don't know who um, yeah. you know Joe Torre is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, do you think that simply, not simply, but do you think that signing Otani will enable that? I mean, it, seem, it certainly seems like it will, they will monetize it more. You know, it seems like they'll make more money from it. I, I think it's less, I, I would imagine that in their organization, they think about it less from like a how many hats are being worn in this country and more like how many hats are we selling in this country? It's a, it's from a monetization perspective, it seems like the Otani signing is going to make them a ton of money. I don't see how it doesn't I don't see how it's not financially successful because this year alone, they're going to turn a massive profit. And so, you know, within a few years, they should have already made back most of that money. Uh, and then, you know, then you have bonus years. And yeah, he's probably not going to be especially valuable when he's 38 or whatever. But uh, yeah, by then it should be very lucrative. So yeah, I, I would think financially it'll be it'll be great for them. Do you anticipate going to a baseball game this year? Probably not. Uh, they're expensive to go to as a fan. A major league game. Yeah, because when I was here for the. Um, oh yeah, we went to a. <laughs> when I was here for the uh, uh, 
All-Star game in 2022, we went to a college league game. And that seemed to be a relaxing experience. You could bring your own beer. Yeah. Yeah. Sit in the crowd. I, I would go to a minor league game if there was one near me. But they the, the powers that be have unfortunately built all the minor league teams like in the distant, distant, distant suburbs and nowhere in, in anywhere remotely close to Los Angeles, nowhere near the coast or anything like that. I would love for that to change. Um, it should change. I think many people want that to change. But as it stands now, it just doesn't make that much sense to me to drive 70 miles it's like 55 miles each way to go to a minor league game right when i live four miles from Dodger Stadium, <laughs> but so. also you won't be doing that do, do you do you have any gravitational pull to go to dodger stadium when you because you drive by it like or drive near it yeah. around it very often it's true do you feel any sort of emotional pang when you go by there because you you fell in love with baseball in part because of the uh, there, Dodgers. Yeah, there. Walking into Dodger Stadium crying as a, as a seven-year-old. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was your life for a long time. And and, and now... No, I feel like it ran its course. It ran its course for me. You know, by the time I was... It, 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 I lingered in it longer than the passion was still there. Enough to know that, you know, it was it's gone. I mean, you know, I, I, I can't rule it out and say, like, in five years I won't be wanting to come back. But it doesn't feel that way right now. So. But it does feel... And I... Jordan and I talk about this a lot. It's like... The the fandom, that pure childish fandom that I think um, is very innocent and pure and powerful and drives quite a bit of the sport and sports as a whole, right, is people feeling an emotional deep connection to these teams as institutions because you're from a place and it means something to you as a kid and it continues meaning something to you. Yeah. Family connections. Family connections. meant something to your parents. Of yeah. course. After working in the game for a significant period of time, that does dwindle and like Jordan has done a better job of maintaining his unadulterated Mariners appreciation that I have for my Orioles appreciation. But there's like I it, it, it's laundry. A lot of his laundry. Right. To be cynical about it. Yeah. And for you, do you, you cannot anticipate that coming back? I right? I would be. Yeah, there's 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 no way, because for me. I came to see it as, you know, enriching billionaires, um, you know, and I don't want to do that. I, I want to spend as little of money as possible on enriching the people who are exploiting the the people who need it. So that and that, that's ultimately what was part of my distaste for for professional sports. I understand every you have to deal with that. There's no ethical consumption in capitalism. Like I, I hear that. I get it. But it it, it uh the enabling that is part of it is is frustrating for me. That said, like you can still appreciate the athletes performing. You know, I I, I did derive a lot of joy from watching Mookie Betts play baseball. I derived a lot of joy from watching Mike Trout previously play baseball. Like I, I think it's um I think it's amazing to specialize in one thing and get ama- and, and get amazing at it. I also think it's pretty cool and undervalued to be good at a bunch of different things, which is not I think what baseball celebrates, and I don't what professional sports celebrate. And I, I think isn't that what Shohei Otani? He's at two different things, right? Two. Three if you include running. Did, did he steal a lot of bases? He, he, yeah. He stole a lot of bases? I think so. Like how many? Well, I can check a baseball reference. Mm. I thought I'm they like sure. I thought they were like toning that down. Maybe. Well, I don't know if you know stolen bases were up. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. I saw that in Sam Miller's newsletter. That's that's what Sam that's all Sam writes about. It's just stolen bases were up. He did. He wrote a big, big piece about that. I, I highly recommend everybody who's listening, if you don't already, read Sam Miller's newsletter. It's the it's outstanding stuff. Uh, Shohei Otani stole twenty bases this year. I would describe that as as a lot. How many cots? Probably too many because uh, six. Yeah, it's pretty mid. 
Isn't but it? he's fast. He's fast. Anyway, I get your yeah. point. It's not as if he's also like makes a mean paella yeah, and the, like yeah. The, the the specialization that makes you amazing is um is cool to an extent, but it's just I think it's over celebrated because it leads to people being um you know all kinds of negative things, uninformed on certain subjects. Um, yeah, it uh, it's just it's not something that I think needs more celebrating than it already gets. Do you miss writing? Yeah, I do. I miss reporting. Reporting is you know the coolest job ever in some ways like being able to have a license to be nosy about something um it's incredible <laughs> it's a license to, to learn and i like yeah i mean you sure, have a but... question well it's like okay so in our lives like as non-reporters non-journalists like if we have a question about something we can google it and we can get 80 percent of the answer mm -hmm. right and often that is enough at least to satiate like our our immediate curiosity on a subject like last night you and i were on your couch and we were like what is the biggest like lake in the world Mm -hmm. inland lake and we googled it we found out it was the caspian sea and that was it and then but if we wanted to like write you know two thousand words on the caspian sea we would get closer to a hundred percent on yeah. something and when you are a reporter on a subject you are getting to a as close to a hundred as you can or you are at least engaging in the journey of trying to get to a hundred percent yeah i, I wouldn't call it yeah i think You're it's, never pre it's pretty more. far away from a hundred a lot of the times <laughs> is there any subject that you felt like you got to a hundred no no Absolutely not. No. Okay. Because there's just so much that in any interview, there's so much that cannot be said. Yeah. There's so much that cannot be said. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, but you miss, but you miss reporting. I do like, no, the feeling of the best thing that was about that entire job was when you had an interest, when you had an interest in something and it started on a, a path to try to report it out. And when someone told you something that you knew was getting to that question and you knew how, and my mind would start kind of telling the story from the top during you know during the conversation and i love mm. that feeling it was addicting to to be able to start on you know unfurling what you what you sought um i love that have you scratched that itch in another way that specific yeah I, i've been taking process. classes on other things i'm interested in and um it's it's i'm not quite there because i don't know enough to have specific um questions you know mm. i my life in baseball kind of allowed me to know enough to know all the right questions to ask or i shouldn't say all the right questions to know some right questions to ask and get further down the line the other things i'm pursuing i'm i'm more of a novice at them and so i'm not you know there in some ways it's easier to collect new information you know i can i can increase my knowledge so by 10% in like a week you know <laughs> but i can't get like a specific um you know i don't get I don't get to know that much about a plant or something like that. I can't know. I can't know among the most of an outside observer about a plant in, right. in, in, like in a you, brief span. You knew more about the Dodgers than anybody who did not work for the Dodgers. Most people. I was sure. going to say yeah. like you were probably in the top 10. Then people who were not employed by the Dodgers or related to someone employed by the Dodgers. Yeah, that's probably right. Right. And that I mean, is just because not because of any like specific talent, but simply because of time. Like I was that was what I was paid to do. Right. And being in the top 10 of knowing about a thing is like really said, hard. Is it's really yeah, hard. Yeah. Really cool because you feel very comfortable yeah. in that space. But like you said, leads to a level of specialization that restricts you from. Mm hmm gaining uh from, from having that in other spheres mm -hmm. yeah especially in sports where it happens at night yeah yeah what do you mean like you well, just don't have time yeah other other thing you know the world runs nine nine to five by and large and um the baseball doesn't and so it it creates a situation where you're not lining up with other people 
And, um, you, you know, if you devoted your life to learning, you know, all of California's native plants, like that is mostly done during the daytime, um, because of the sun and you cannot, uh, yeah, you, but at, at the latest you're free at eight 30, you know, and sometimes right now sunsets at probably five Oh one PM in LA. So there's, it's a, it, it jives with the rest of the world a little bit better in my opinion. Yeah. 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 So do, but, but let, let me ask you actually about writing specifically yeah. about putting words together to make thoughts have heard of it yeah yeah people some people love it some people hate it yeah actually uh you have no, have you written anything i've uh, written a couple things um i've written some things for myself and i've written a couple uh just one maybe article i wrote an article a freelance article for the la times about uh latinidad and whether brazilians where i identify what i identify as counts as uh, as being latino um it was a yeah, it was an interesting experience going back to that after a few months away. Yeah, um, to, I think you were going to ask, like, how do I do I miss feeling like the, the feeling of digging in on something and writing about it? Yeah. In some ways, you know, I was always anxious about it. I, that, you know, I would have liked to have worked on that more and gotten better at, at, the, at removing the anxiety of the, from the process. And I never quite got there. Um, I think it's just, you know, I think that's for a lot of people. It's an anxiety inducing process to know that you're doing something that is then public for, for Effort, good. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I didn't love how much that dominated my, 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 my space. You know, if I, if there was somehow a job where like you could just report on things and then, and then keep them and then, you know, and they keep them like private thereafter um or to like a small group of people you know that'd be an interesting position although you know then there is the rush of like knowing that you've got some some really interesting information that the world's gonna want to know and so I, I i get the appeal of that too i that was an incredibly relatable thing because i you know jordan and i doing the reporting learning how to do the reporting over the last two years has been very fun but like once you compile all the different things that are interesting yeah they're in my brain i know them already mm -hmm. Right. And as a selfish human, we're all selfish. as a selfish person, like I have all the facts in my brain. I know it. I'm excited about it. And part of me is excited to share that with people. Yeah. Genuinely. But I also it's like, well, I get it. Why do I have to write this down and explain it to you? Yeah, right? exactly. like it's in my head. And anytime you're sharing it with a significant quantity of people, some of them are going to take it the wrong way. Some of them are not going to understand it the way you wanted it to be understood or the oh. way you intended. And um, I struggled with that part, too. Yeah. You're just dealing with the um, with the the inevitable, you know, subset of of people who who saw it differently and um, you know, made a stink about it. Yeah, you have baseball gloves in your in the trunk of your car. Mm -hmm. Have you used them this year? Oh yeah, for sure. Did you enjoy that? Oh hell yeah! So you are still deriving joy from throwing a ball. I mean, have you have you you have you you've thrown a ball recently? Yes. Is it, is it ever not fun? Has yes. anyone not enjoyed throwing a ball? I have enjoyed not enjoyed throwing a ball, but that when, was when you were like doing it, like in college or something, or what? No, when my elbow. Oh, when you were injured? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay, that's fair. But I think, I think, yeah, for the most part, I've always enjoyed throwing a ball. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, is that that's uh, that activity is completely detached from any type of like professional baseball coverage. Right. Exactly. They're, they're very different. I mean, yeah, they're just it's just uh, just tossing something um, with your friend chilling. Um, I play a lot of Frisbee I, uh, and uh, it's a sim similar activity. You know, it's just a little bit different. And some people are better at throwing a baseball than I like them both pretty much fairly equally. I'm better now at throwing a Frisbee. And so I, but whatever, you know, whatever the other person yeah. I'm around is willing to do, is down for, I'm up for. I actually threw a baseball like a Frisbee. 
in the same angle. That's that's well, that's only one way to throw a frisbee. Well, yeah, I know you can throw it. There's really the, the traditional ways like this. Backhanded. Sorry, this is audio medium. You can't really, you can't really pitch that way. Right. That's what I mean. That's the most common. You know, eighty percent of frisbees are thrown that way. There are three ways to throw a frisbee, more or less. Right. There's Josh Colmenter. Yeah. This is right over yeah. the top. You know what they call that? That's like a kickoff throw, right? Like a what do they call it? A hammer. A hammer. Yes, yeah. I knew that. Hammer. Jordan would be embarrassed that I didn't know that. There's actually, I, I wouldn't even be able to relay all of them, but people. Would, have taught me there's many more there's a there's a scuba which i'm never clear on exactly what that is sounds like uh, a slur it's not it's not i don't think um i and then there's others too but scuba definitely someone threw a scuba the other day and it, it's yeah it's a good throw so you saw someone throw a scuba yeah, but, but still don't know what it is dude i mean have you have you watched baseball i mean I, I, yeah I, like, i've never i've never actually been able to make a like a slider slide truly you've never thrown a slider i've tr I tried to throw a slider on hundreds of occasions maybe yeah. we i would do that today you want to Sure. Learn how to throw a slider. Sure. I think we can make that happen. Um, last thing I want to ask you about is you had a uh, wager uh, with yeah. another member of the baseball media. Are we allowed to talk about that? Uh, I'm not going to say the person's name. Oh, okay. Uh, you had a wager with another <laughs> member of the baseball media uh, for a very minimal amount of money, relatively, um, compared to what baseball players make, a very minimal uh, amount of money. Uh, between... Uh, whether or who would have more war in 2023? Yeah. Ozzie Albies and uh, or Paul Goldschmidt. And this bet was made in 2018. I believe 2018. Yeah. And it was not cumulative war from 18 to 23. It was it in was 23. Just in 23. Oh. And you had Ozzie Albies. Yes. And the other person had Paul Goldschmidt. Mm -hmm. And for every single season between then and now, yep. Paul Goldschmidt was pretty significantly better mm -hmm. than Ozzie Albies. And against, Especially in one of those years. I think in one of them, Ozzy might have been slightly better. Yeah. In but for the most part, yeah. the undeniable Paul Goldschmidt was better. Was better. Yeah. In 2022, it was like he had 6X or something like that. It was, it was, it was he a won crushing. the MVP. Yeah. It was a crushing. Yeah. yeah. And you entered this year probably worried or wary about your ability to win this uh, irrelevant wager. It's still hopeful. But still hopeful. And you did win. Yeah. I won. Did you follow this periodically throughout the season? Yeah, I was checking um, in. If I looked at your most viewed baseball reference player pages, would it be Ozzy Albies? And I was Paul usually Goldschmidt? using looking at it on my phone. But yeah, there was a point during the season where in the Safari uh, on my phone, in the frequently visited, Ozzy was Ozzy's BB ref was like number two. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It, I was. I was keeping up, especially down the stretch. Like, in, I remember I was very frustrated. He came back from an injury and, and played at Coors Field, and the Atlanta team scored like I don't know seventy runs at Coors Field in this game. And, and Ozzy went like zero for seven or something <laughs> like that. I'm mean, I'm overstating both numbers, but I actually think he went zero for six, and he dropped by like point two in WAR. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to lose this based on this. And there was also I think a series at the end of the year between the yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. But by then Ozzy had it in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. You felt good about it. When you made that wager, why? Why? What motivated you to? to the agent it? curve, baby. Yeah. The, the agent curve. curve. I mean, you know, Ozzy's Ozzy's nine years younger than Paul Goldschmidt, I believe. Yeah. It was really we were judging Ozzy at that time at an age where almost all of his peers were still in the minor leagues. Yeah. And so it felt like he was solid. I thought I, I was confident he would at least be solid when he was 26 as long as he was healthy. And I was confident that I, I thought that Goldsmith would decline with age, which he generally has, were with you, the exception of 2022. Were you right or wrong? I think you were both right. Yeah, wrong. I, I was. Um, you won, but you were. I was I was definitely somewhat wrong about Paul, for sure. I did not anticipate him producing an MVP in 2022. 
or later in that bet. Um, I was, I would say I was slightly more right than wrong. You were right about Ozzy, I think. Yeah. All the, you know yeah, that. yeah. Uh, are there any baseball players that you miss thinking about? And are there any baseball players in, actually, I was going to say that you are happy you'd never have to think about again, but that's probably a lot of them. But are there any players that you miss like having in your brain as a regular character? Who you like miss seeing and interacting with and thinking about and having as a character uh, up in your head? Um, or baseball people, managers, buyers, coaches. <laughs> um, no, none of those. People who bring you coaches. There, there were yeah, like Wash. Uh, Wash. Yeah, I never covered him as a beat member, but that's insane that he's going to be the manager of the Angels now. <laughs> I heard that. Um, Eric Young Senior was such a delightful. Oh, man. who um, is going to be uh, the third base coach for the Angels? Oh, I didn't going know that. with Wash. That's great. You wise, good people. Good for him. Eric Young Jr., also a nice person. Um, Player-wise, probably, the, you know, the stock answer for anyone who's ever been on a beat with him, Ross Stripling. You know, always <laughs> I always felt better after talking to him than before talking to him. The investor. Uh, yeah, the investor of a lot of things. You know, Ross, definitely yeah. not definitely not someone who's specialized at the, ex- at the expense of other things in life. He has a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Right. Like, I don't think all of his alternate pursuits are pursuits that I would engage in but i respect that he has yeah them. yeah he um he's got he's he's got a lot of interests and I, I i think that's cool and he's happy to share them with people he has incredible tolerance for just like listening to people for a person mm. in that in that prominence level so i always enjoyed speaking with him ross stripling is back on the giants still on still on the giants still on the giants yeah i talked to him before i left the industry and he had signed a two-year deal with an opt-out yeah which uh so he um it didn't he did not have a he good season have a good so season. i'm sure he did not opt out yeah he yeah. opted in yeah, yeah. all right well ross tripling thank you for being joyous joyous and kind and kind well shout out to ross tripling Pedro mora thank you for being joyous and kind oh thanks uh, i will never opt out of our friendship <laughs> uh, unless you do something unless you have a bad year <laughs> in yeah. which case so you got a club option i won't pick up your options <laughs> that what a what a dark that's like a black mirror episode yeah. that you just options your, your friends contract. have options it probably exists in, in in this city right now <laughs> there's probably someone signing a friendship contract today <laughs> great town we live in uh pedro uh, anything you would like to plug uh no um where can people find the things that you're passionate about not instead of where can people find your work uh Check back with me like in a, in a, in a little while. I don't, there's nothing public facing right now. It's no, that's also, not what I'm saying. Oh. Like, what are what are things vaguely oh. topics that you're passionate about where people can find work that you you can work. come if you're in Los Angeles, you can come volunteer with me at Avenue 33 Farm in Lincoln Heights, um, where we um, where we grow crops to, to feed the community, um, and we work with kids at Los Angeles Leadership Academy, the school right there. Um, you can also find me at uh, various uh, native plant plantings across the area, uh, including at the Theodore Payne Foundation. Um, yeah, catch me outside or something. Catch me outside. Pedro, thank you. Serious XM Podcasts.